The Spectator magazine combines incisive political analysis with books and arts reviews of unrivaled authority. Subscribe today for just £12 and receive a 12-week subscription in print and online, plus a £20 Amazon gift voucher, absolutely free. Go to spectator.co.uk forward slash voucher. Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American power, politics and society. On each episode, I will talk to an American expert or an expert on America about something that's going on in America in 2023. I'm very pleased to be joined today by Jacob Halbrun, who is, I think, Americano's most frequent contributor, as well as being editor of The National Interest and a much revered columnist for The Spectator's World Edition. And we're going to be talking about the big news of today, the big news of last night, I should say, but it's going to be the big news of today, which is the latest indictment of Donald Trump on four charges relating to the build-up towards January 6th, that infamous day now in American history. And I'm going to be asking Jacob what I always ask him when these Trump legal stories pop up. Jacob, you tend to always say this one is a real biggie and he's going down. Is this one a biggie? Freddie, I would say that you tend to say that I tend to say that it's going to be a real biggie. I think that I became more cautious as the Trump presidency proceeded about prognosticating his imminent demise. And I think actually many critics of Trump have become somewhat more sober and they've recognized that he is the, the true Teflon president, that nothing seems to stick to him. In this instance, I do believe that the D.C. court, that this case represents a graver threat to him than the other cases. The documents case is quite complex. He will be before a sympathetic jury and a judge in Florida. It will probably be, not be easy to convict him on that. I don't know that it's easy to convict him on the January 6th, but the obstacles that Trump faces are far more formidable than the ones that he has encountered in the past. The most prominent two being a D.C. jury and judge that will not be predisposed to find him not guilty. Won't Trump's legal team have quite a good case for either moving the trial or um, if he is convicted for an appeal with a different court because, as you say in your piece on Spectator World Today, the D.C. court is obviously going to be prejudiced against him. In fact, it's very hard to find a grand jury that would not be either prejudiced for or against him. But in this case, it would be. And the judge, I think we can say quite clearly, is a partisan Democrat. Well, I don't know if she's a partisan. That depends on on if you're going to look at judges, period, as partisan she has been quite critical of January 6th in her opinions. She has not ventured into direct criticism of Donald Trump in contrast to other judges in the D.C. court system. She did make a ruling, didn't she, not against Trump in relation to January 6th, I think, saying... No, sorry, it was in relation to documents, I think, when she said presidents are not kings, which is a fair enough statement. But she has made a, a judgment, quite a forceful judgment, against Donald Trump already. 
Right. That, in fact, is a very interesting case because it unleashed the documents, the White House documents that provided the basis for the January 6th committee in the House with that Liz Cheney led. And that, in turn, interestingly enough, appears to have forced the Justice Department to do what it didn't want to do, which was for Merrick Garland to initiate the process by appointing special counsel Jack Smith. For two years, the Justice Department essentially sat on its hands and did not want to engage in what it feared would be perceived as a political prosecution. Well, let's get a little bit into the electoral politics of this. Uh, This is going to be another trial that will take place during Donald Trump's candidacy for the 2024 Republican nomination. There will be at least three trials now we know of. Uh, criminal trials. There's obviously the ongoing civil one in the rape case in New York. There'll probably be a couple more, I think. Uh, How do you think that will play out politically? The most interesting figure here today is former Vice President Mike Pence, who is running against Trump. It looks like he is seeking to capitalize on this indictment. He is the one candidate among the Republicans today who issued a statement saying that no president can be above the Constitution and the law. That is the most overt criticism of Trump that has occurred. The other thing that I found interesting was that it looks as though Pence cooperated extensively with Jack Smith in the indictment. He's repeatedly cited. And one of the things that there's a quote, which is that on January 1st, when Trump was trying to push Pence to stop the vote counting in Congress. He said to Pence, quote, you're too honest, unquote. So politically, some Republicans led by Pence are starting to up the criticism of Trump. So that's an internal Republican debate because they're desperate to go after him because Trump remains 37 points ahead of his nearest challenger, Ron DeSantis, who is flaming out. The political implications of this, I think, will be a drip, drip, drip. The trial will likely go quickly. I think the evidence will hurt Trump, not with the base. The base is impermeable and Trump looks invincible there. But it will hurt him with mainstream Republican voters and it will damage him for the general election. Uh, It's interesting what Pence is trying to achieve then, isn't it, if he is cooperating so closely with Jack Smith? Because, I mean, he's on about 3% in the polls Do you think he thinks there'll be a moment of vindication for him when people see that Trump was this wretched figure and he was honest and didn't get involved in Trump's schemes? Or do you think that he doesn't care and it's just a bit of revenge on Trump, who he now increasingly loathes? No, I think uh, Pence is entirely a creature of cold calculation. I don't think that he... I mean, I think his wife probably harbors some animosity towards Trump, whom she never liked. I don't think it's revenge on Pence's part. I think he was the former vice president. The Republican Party has a history of rewarding its former vice presidents with the nomination, Bob Dole, George H.W. Bush. Pence is only play right now is to mark himself off from Trump. And it'll be interesting to see how far he's willing to go. But he, but look, the, the other candidates in the Republican primary are becoming increasingly desperate 
because Trump, the appeal that he exerts is only magnified by this latest indictment. He is a superhero inside the Republican Party. But, I mean, given that status, it's just hard to understand what exactly, and if you say Pence is so calculating, it's hard to understand quite what the calculation is on Trump. I mean, given that... Because you have to, you have to put together... Trump has about 30 to 35% rock solid. You've got to put together a coalition, at least in theory, that can defeat Trump. That's what both he and DeSantis are trying to do. Also, from what I hear from Republican operatives, their hope is that Trump is jailed so that one of the other candidates, I think that's what DeSantis is banking on. But do you not think that, and I hesitate to say this, uh, Jacob, you're falling into a slightly too binary view of Republican voters, that there are people that love Trump and people that would be much rather he was gone. There's quite a lot of people who are in between and they're not suddenly going to love Pence because he's the one who's most successfully been seen to knife Trump in, in within the legal system. Look, to, to me, Pence is among the most odious in his own way. <laughs> With Trump, it's all naked and out there and you can love or hate him. With Pence, it's oleaginous. Yeah. He oozes this sort of smarmy false sincerity, in which in its own way is what Trump has exposed as candidate. Yes. The one thing about Trump is, of course, that he recognizes the the flaws of his opponents immediately. Yes. And uh, I suspect that Trump harbors even more contempt for Pence than he does for DeSantis. And Trump's insincerity is real, uh, unlike <laughs> unlike Pence's sincerity, which is fake. Do you really think that about Trump? Do you think that he despises Trump? Because he liked Pence a lot when he was president because Pence was so oleaginous towards him for four years. I think he thought, to use an American expression, that he was a bit of a goober. Mm. Or I, I don't know if you would say doofus in England, but... No, I don't think that Trump ever had much respect. He saw Pence as this pious Christian who was a goody two-shoes. And I mean, that gets back to his, you're too honest, Mike. He never thought that Pence had really had the goods. He was a creature that Trump had lifted up. And Pence's only value to Trump was that he brought on the evangelical vote in the election in 2016 and helped shield him from, you know, his own peccadilloes. For a sec, no, I, I don't think that Trump respects Pence. And and now it's going to be all out war on Pence. And I suppose the question a lot of people are asking now is, given the sheer number of criminal in, indictments against Trump, the probability that one or two at least will stick, and that could then mean jail time, do you think they will be completed in time to put Donald Trump in jail before the nomination? What happens then? What happens to his supporters? What do they do? And can he actually mount a successful campaign? I know we've discussed this before. It's It has happened before with Eugene Debs, but this is a very different kettle of fish. This is a major party nomination. It's a Republican Party nomination. What's your prediction as to what might happen? Very tricky. Uh, the DC trial will be the speediest, and that would have the most probability of putting him behind bars But even there with appeals, he probably would be able to drag it out 
the big question mark is the political, what you alluded to earlier, is the political effect of these trials. Does it begin to erode his primacy in the Republican Party? I don't think it can destroy it, but I think it can erode it. Does he become a wounded, crippled candidate who is unable to raise funds from big donors and who is spending enormous amounts of time in the courtroom rather than on the campaign trail? Is he a wounded candidate who Joe Biden, with a surging economy, can demolish? I suppose then the question is, are we having a repeat of 2016 in which the media or Trump's opponents in the Democratic Party managed to make Trump the story all the time in a way that makes him more popular, which could be the case? Or are they, in fact, doing something rather different in that they are exhausting the public finally with Trump? Because it's quite difficult to follow. I mean, you and I both follow these things relatively closely, you probably more than me. But it's hard to keep up with the sheer level of indictments, the sheer, you know, the different natures of each trial, each case. The complexity is starting to get very confusing for people who are really interested in it. For the average voter, would you imagine a lot of them are just thinking it's too exhausting to have any interest in Trump now? He remains the most galvanizing figure in American politics. And in a perverse way, it might actually benefit Joe Biden my theory all along has been that basement Biden is, is the best way to get reelected. The more that Trump occludes Biden from the limelight, the better Biden does. The less people see Biden, the better his political chances become. But for that to happen, you have to get people... Into, I mean, the media can splash on it all today and so on, but I think it's undeniable that we're not in the sort of Russiagate phase where people were gripped either for or against Trump in the same way as they were. I think now people are sort of a bit baffled. And yes, we all acknowledge that it's historically interesting to have a president leading the polls by masses for the Republican nomination while he's facing 78 criminal charges. Uh, it is extraordinary, but that's about it. No, I think if you look at the tenor of the New York Times, the Washington Post, MSNBC, CNN, they sent victory this time. I think it is actually different than the Mueller report. I think that was aspirational. I think if you if you listen to people like Norm Eisen, the commentators on CNN, they are quite certain that this time Trump will not be able to evade the law. However, Trump does have a history of evading the law. His only get out of jail card obviously remains becoming reelected as president. And if he is the Republican nominee, he has every chance of being reelected and avoiding accountability for what he did. And he would have also a moral impetus on his side because he would have been reelected in the face of all these charges. Well, you mentioned the strengthening economy, and that surely will be the biggest factor in the next presidential election. It usually is in presidential elections. And most one-term presidents who've lost, I believe I'm right in saying, who've lost their attempts at re-election, they've lost because the economy has been struggling. Are you certain that the American economy is... I mean, I know there has been some pretty good data, but a lot of Americans still feel they're in a recession, even if they're not. Well, you may recall in our last podcast, or we, I got into a row with 
Niall Ferguson, who wrote the cover story for you in The Spectator, yes. predicting that Biden was doomed because the United States was headed into a severe recession. And I told him he was flatly wrong. And uh, he recoiled at that. <laughs> and I still maintain that the American economy will not only not be in a recession, but will be booming over the next year and a half. And that is what will ensure Biden's election. There almost no president running for a second term has been ousted from office with a strong economy. And that is what will propel Biden to victory. Inflation is coming down. The unemployment rate remains low and GDP growth is fairly strong. It should only strengthen over the next year and a half as we come out of this artificial quasi-recession that was induced by COVID. That is a, a bold prediction, and you should correct Neil Ferguson publicly uh, when the chance comes. Allegedly, we have a case of champers riding on this. Oh, really? Oh, OK, well, we'll make sure that he knows about that. But let me run another, another element to this story, which, again, you might think I'm peddling in conspiracy theory land, as I sometimes do. But it does seem odd, does it not, that this charge came very suddenly the day after the House Oversight Committee looking into the business dealings of Hunter Biden and the Biden family had a significant development in that uh, it appears Devon Archer, who was a business associate of Hunter Biden, is perhaps, it's not been clearly established, saying that Joe Biden possibly listened in on the calls of Hunter Biden's business dealings when he was vice president. Is that just Republican poppycock? Or do you think the timing is a little odd? I think the notion that the timing was odd is about as far-fetched as the existence of Barbie Land. No, I don't. Jack Smith is obviously a relentless prosecutor. Why they released it then, I look, I don't know. I thought that the Republican hearing on Hunter Biden was revelatory because, in fact, there was no smoking gun produced. At the same time, it seems clear that Joe Biden's behavior, while not illegal, his judgment in engaging so closely with Hunter on these matters was questionable. If I were the GOP, that's what I'd be pounding away at. Well, Jacob, we'll end it there. But thank you very much for coming on to Americano. Um, always a great pleasure to have you on. Thank you, Freddie. Thank you very much for listening to the Americano podcast. I would like to thank my brilliant producer, Natasha Faroz, and the rest of the Spectator's broadcast team. If you like the podcast, please leave a review on whatever platform you are listening to us on. Thank you very much. God bless America.